Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week, we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're going to be looking at the Doctor Who episode Orphan 55 by Ed Heim. Episode synopsis. Graham wins an all-inclusive vacation at Tranquility Spa. Unfortunately, the vacation begins before they can adequately prepare, as they are immediately teleported from the TARDIS to the spa. Seemingly unconcerned by being isolated from the TARDIS and with only the clothes on their back, the gang immediately split up to enjoy the amenities. I'll accept the doctor, who pokes around, looking for trouble. In the spa control facility, Kane and Vorm are dealing with both a virus incursion into the spa systems and a breach. An alien life form has entered the spa. Yaz meets Benny and Vilma, an elderly couple, and intrudes on their special moment as Benny is about to propose, signifying that one or both of them are dead meat walking. Ryan finds trouble almost immediately when a vending machine gives him a hopper virus. The doctor cures this by pulling his ear and having him sneeze in a plastic bag, then sucking his thumb, a virus remedy that every Microsoft Windows administrator knows by rote. While Ryan is recovering, he meets and rather successfully chats up Bella, another guest at the resort. With a creature on the loose, the guests are asked to come to muster stations, disguised as a drill. But when Ryan sees a security guard with a gun, he and Bella follow to find out what's happening. The doctor has found the control room, hidden in a linen closet. She quickly deduces that not only has a virus been attacking all the systems, including the now inoperable teleport, but that something has gotten in and is killing the guests. She redirects all the guests to the linen closet, at least all that are alive or bother to listen. Amongst those that fail to listen, Ryan and Bella. The doctor repairs the ionic barrier, a biological filter that forces the creature known as a dreg back out of the spa. With the creature expunged, it is now revealed that this spa is a fake-cation location. A walled-in simulation of a vacation, typically located conveniently in cities so that people don't have to travel to an exotic spa. But this one is different. It's built off-world, on a planet known as Orphan 55. Orphan planets are worlds where the one percenters are able to escape their dying world, leaving behind the others. One might even call them the dregs of humanity to die. Somehow, on Orphan 55, life has survived. Benny has somehow gotten outside, and Vilma pleads that they go get him. Kane reluctantly agrees, and everyone left piles in the van and heads out across the wastelands. But when it becomes apparent that the dregs have him, Kane wants to turn back. Vilma pays her to continue on. The dregs lay a trap, and the vehicle is destroyed. Casualties start to mount up as they make their way to an access tunnel. They reach a teleport, but then Bella throws a metaphorical bombshell. She's the saboteur that unleashed the virus because she has mommy issues. You see, Kane, unknowingly, is Bella's absent mother, and Bella is disproportionately upset about this. In fact, she's here to burn the place to the ground in a fit of pique. 
She is about to be killed by a drag when Ryan rescues her by pushing her and himself into the teleport, returning to the spa. Alas, there is no more power to use the teleport again, and the others must continue the tunnels on foot. At the base, Bella reveals she's not just got metaphorical bombshells, she's got real ones too, and goes about planting them. Sort of with Ryan's help? Certainly, Ryan puts up little or no resistance. In the tunnels, the Doctor discovers they are on the planet Ravalox, sometimes called Earth, and it's been destroyed by global warming. This greatly distresses Yaz and Graham, but what can you do except demand accountability and action from your elected officials and or overthrow the capitalistic system which exploits people and resources, generating a filthy rich class of elites who can afford to abandon their world, leaving the poor behind in the thoughtlessly ravaged world that their own apathy perpetuated. The doctor runs out of oxygen because... Just like I've been saying for years, she talks too much, but she's able to refill from the dregs because they oxygenate. Kane appears to sacrifice herself to save the doctor. Finally back at the control room, the doctor hatches a bit of a plan. Nevi and Silas, two characters I haven't bothered to mention up to this point because they've been mostly superfluous, are to fix the teleport, but Silas, Nevi's son, runs into the danger area in a fit of pique because he's mad at his dad. Does anyone else think that writer Ed Heim is mad at one of his parents because they don't believe in anthropogenic global warming and wrote this episode in a fit of pique? Apart from the fact that Silas is actually the brains of the pair, they also need Cerulean 4 to power the teleport. And they only have Cerulean 2. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why not just add two Cerulean 3s and subtract two? But apparently you can't do that. But you can take a hypervirus, conveniently stored in a plastic bag in the doctor's pocket, and infect Cerulean 3, transmuting it into Cerulean 4, because apparently that's how computer viruses and particle physics do. There's some running about, rescuing the boys, setting off bombs, getting the teleport working... There's a surprise moment when Bella sacrifices herself to save the others, and then Kane shows up to sacrifice herself again to help Bella sacrifice herself, and they all escape back to the TARDIS for a downer lecture from the Doctor about the Earth's future being a choose-your-own-adventure book, and it's not too late to pick the right choices, otherwise humanity will turn into a race of vicious, carnivorous, CO2-breathing, cruel monsters. The end. Okay, Orphan 55. What do you think of this story? Well, I like this one better than Spyfall because okay. it was an hour and ten minutes shorter than Spyfall. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, all right, fair enough. I actually, I will say, as I was watching it, I was just enjoying a good old-fashioned base under siege and trying to ignore some of the shorthand scaffolding that was taking place along the way that... that didn't really help much, but I did enjoy it more than Skyfall or Spyfall. I did not enjoy it more than Skyfall, which I actually quite enjoyed. But <laughs> yes, um, I concur on that. I, I mean, I think in fairness, there's the fact that also the Doctor didn't use anyone's skin color against them in this episode. That has to count as a plus. And fair there, enough. There, there probably is a, a decent, or you know, an, an average base under siege story struggling to get out. From the thing that really weighed this down for me again was the direction from Lee Haven Jones, which just was dire. I, I I think it's quite important that he isn't allowed to direct any more science fiction, or at least anything anything with special effects in it, because there 
the shots with the shots i know that i know that you do a lot of work when you're watching science fiction particularly low budget science fiction because you have to suspend your disbelief to a certain extent but the deal is the director has to make it look like when when you've got a cutaway to a monster or whatever that they might actually be round the corner and that it isn't in a completely different studio slash um inside a cgi um uh, virtual world okay i will say that in spyfall part two i remember your criticism of the direction and what i recall about the direction even having listened to your commentary about it was that it was just very much uninspired and as you say the actors didn't seem to really be giving in the performance no, it was more about performances were the issue in that one. This, I didn't, I didn't have as much of an issue. I mean, Spyfall Part Two. It felt like there were some good performances. I don't want to denigrate that. Same as the way, but it felt like, particularly because you had an episode where people were, the the teams were split. The Doctor was split up from the companions. The Doctor had new companions. They were in different time zones and so on, and there was no tonal consistency to it. Whereas this one, it was much, it was much more to do with the, and I mean, maybe some of this is down to the editing, but it's still, it's there are still a lot of choices about what was filmed and what wasn't filmed that absolutely bemused me about this. Could you give me some examples? Because when I watched it, mm. my my impression was it. just simply, again, just it's just pedestrian. I didn't see anything that I don't recall anything that just glaringly made me go ah, but I didn't see well, anything no, about it. That I mean, was... it's not. Let me give you some examples because it, it's 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 the clunkiness of it. It's okay. when uh, initially Vorm encounters the first dreg and the dreg is round the corner and he's shooting round the corner, and so we obviously don't see the dreg at that point. That's a reasonably effective strategy for saving on your special effects budget because you're not having to do a combined shot. But then okay. you get a shot of the dreg in close up, and that's it. You know, there's no. It doesn't look okay. like it's round the corner. It doesn't look. It's not lit to look like it's round the corner. It and and there's no. Okay, so, I'll 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 also say I had issue with that scene because with as much of the human being that you can see crawling on the floor. It did seem impractical that you wouldn't see something of what dragged him away. Yes, that yes. makes sense. It, it, it's you know, if it only been maybe yeah, his hand, head hand and his arm or something, or something, like ah, yeah, something. But no, yeah. There's a there's a very similar there's a very similar shot near the end where Yaz and Ryan are planting the bomb, and they're they're running down the corridor with the bomb, and then you see the dreg again in close up, and you what you don't see is. Yaz and Ryan with the bomb and the the dregs beyond them. Yaz and Ryan then run away. You get a shot, a, a long shot with the dregs and the trolley with the bomb on it. And I don't understand the choices. I mean, maybe it was, maybe the in that shot, the trolley that we were seeing was a, 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 a computer-generated model of the trolley. So they were, they were saving on some sort of compositing shot. Um, but it, I don't know. It really. I'll just jump. I'll just jump ahead for for one thing that I wanted to bring out. Since you've got that scene right in everybody's mind right now, 
Um, Yaz and Ryan are pushing a bomb down a corridor, right? They're heading somewhere, and then yeah. suddenly they see the dregs. Ah! And they leave the trolley, and they run, at just exactly as you describe it. We then immediately see a ton of dregs standing in front of a trolley with a bomb that has eight seconds left on its timer. That means Yaz and Ryan were pushing a bomb down a corridor with less than 20 seconds on that timer, with apparently nowhere in mind to go or to dispose of that bomb. Yes. Right? That did kind of... I assume that was poor writing, but actually that's it could writing. be... That's not writing. That's all about how it's realized. That's about what you're seeing on well, the screen. Well, uh, partially, but I mean, you, you, you know, there is... You're sure that the writer wrote, Yaz and Ryan are pushing a bomb, encounter the dregs, leave the bomb, bomb goes off. Uh, yeah, but the issue with it is the timing. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have been a problem if, it, if you didn't have a shot with it being eight seconds left on the timer or whatever it is. You don't think that the, you don't think that the writer might have put in the number of seconds on the timer? I mean, I seem to recall a film would... called Goldfinger. I'm thinking that was the writer, you know, with the, with the bomb the and the double seven seconds. The bomb. Oh, because it's a turns it off at 007. But why eight? Why eight? Well, I'm just I'm no, I'm saying the connection is is that the writer probably wrote in that the bomb stops at 007. So I, I'm making a point that writers do sometimes put that kind of detail in a story. Oh, the writer of Goldfinger put that in. Right. So therefore, Ed Heim might have put that in. I don't but, know why. But hang, but hang but, on, the writer of Goldfinger. So, for, do you know the writer of Goldfinger put that in? I don't know that the writer of Goldfinger that put that in, but I think it's a high likelihood. Maybe okay. not, but I don't know that for a fact. But Supposing it was the writer, I, it, there's a reason for the writer to do that? Yep. I mean, there's equally a reason for anyone else who thinks it's a good joke to insert it. So, you know, the director may have done that. Maybe the suggestion came from the design team. I don't know. The Could point be. here is when you're when you're just dealing with script on a page, why why would you put in eight seconds? What What you would put in is the action so ryan and yaz are and this is fine ryan and yaz are trying to place the bomb wherever it is they're trying to place it i'm not quite clear but it probably doesn't need to be clear it needs to do maximum damage to the dregs yada 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 that they they haven't reached where they're going to put it but the dregs come along that's fine because they can leave it there and it will blow up the dregs there and then and they run away the issue is entirely to do with the timing and the, and the kind of making sense of that sequence and there are loads of sequences in this that don't make sense in a way that as far as i can see has entirely to do with the choice of shots that we've got here so i don't think it comes from the script on the page it's it's, it's come it's, it's come about when this has been storyboarded and of course those poor dregs they're really just humans and other, intelligent other, apparently so they murdered them Nasty yeah, I, and yes. I, <laughs> I I come back to that. But, but there are there, there are other there are other examples of instances where it, I don't understand the choice that was made. So, for example, how how did the trap that the drag set for the vehicle actually work? I have no idea. How did they drive over something that obvious unless yeah. they were driving blind? Yeah. Yeah, it's, that makes it's, no a, sense. it's a really, really strange choice of shot. There even appears to be some barbed wire there, but 
Yes, there why is. is the, why is the barbed wire? I mean, because it's, it's a trap. Because <laughs> it's a trap. It's, I don't know. So they won't climb over it in their truck. It makes no sense whatsoever. There are all the choices about. There are all the choices about when Benny isn't shown, which yep. strike me as pretty weird. Although I can see some of that might be to avoid terrifying the children. But even then, it feels it feels kind of clunky. There's the choice about when Kane is um, thrown by a dreg. I kind of get that we don't we don't necessarily have the maybe it's the budget maybe it's the time to have a dreg actually interact with Kane that may be too complicated a shot couldn't we at least have seen her landing <laughs> yeah it it's it it it's not good it's not good um does let's the, let's take does, a look. Does the, no I I've, I've I've got more I I got, got, got one more okay okay no, I'll do. I'll, I'll pick going. one more because I because I I thought it was uh, kind of symptomatic of other another type of problem in the episode um, to do with the clarity, which is as we get into the conclusion, there's the, all this big deal about how the dregs don't like oxygen and they do like CO two, and you have two mm-hmm. shots in counterpoint: one where there's a dreg with Yaz, and she's grabbed a hose and fired a load of oxygen at the the dreg. There's another where there's a dreg with the doctor and the doctor, uh, sorry, the dreg has found a a hose that's leaking CO2 and it's breathing it in happily. Except that, well, okay. I don't remember that scene. The effects are pretty, well, it's not surprising. How you're supposed to keep track of the fact that, I mean, you only get it from from trying to figure out what the reaction is supposed to indicate. But... How are you supposed to know what's CO2 and what's oxygen? <laughs> Couldn't we at least have had different coloured pipes or something? And I, I grant they you that's do have an international the design pipe department. Standard. In, in galactic, I hope. Oh, well, yeah. We'll come to that, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's... it's Anyway, I didn't careless. like the There's a lot of... The, the whole, it's not just the direction. I think a lot of this is just, for want of a better word, half-assed. Um, well, that brings me on to the and, costumes. <laughs> okay they are they are kind of cheap green wig and a cat outfit with a tail you don't even really hardly see cat, even the doctor keep <laughs> i think so i, I mean, wanted I, to be balanced have... about this so i i have i have i have my various criticisms which are primarily those you've listed um but on the other hand graham's cardigan is superb i didn't even see it i mean yeah, he's, he's always wearing something that's where the budget went okay yeah okay yeah, I th- I was surprised when I watched through the episode the second the first time every time the doctor kept saying nice tail to hyphen with a 3 which would you really I mean even I don't go up oh my name's Eugene with an EU you know um <laughs> to people Maybe if you did, although you'd I have do have trouble to... in Starbucks No, in Starbucks I do explain it to them or 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 wherever, and they still get it wrong. But, but that's another story. But the fact that Hyphen always says, my name's Hyphen with a three. Uh, uh, but the fact that Doctor goes with a nice tail, and I thought, does that does that costume even have a tail? Do we ever even see the tail? And it, it is kind of in shot once, kind of sticking it up. But, I'm, I'm, but it's like, okay, if you're going to make a big deal about what a nice tail it is, at least show it to the audience. <laughs> yeah. Let us, let us get a good look at it. Uh Throw a couple of green wigs on the other two people, and costuming is set. Where, <laughs> um, 
stepping aside from that for a minute because, I, like I said, I kind of enjoyed just sort of the the running and exploding and stuff part of the episode, and I kind of appreciated it being a base under siege. But is this the single most heavy-handed episode of Doctor Who ever made? It, it does kind of make the Green Death look subtle, doesn't it? Well, yes, it does. It does make the green. And I was thinking, you know, you have stories like Sunmakers, which is absolutely over-the-top criticism of taxation and the Inland Revenue Service. And, all. and and But it's they don't have to take the time for the doctor to stand there and give you a speech about it. That is my objection to it. It's it's not it's not what's in the story. It's the fact that we get to the end of the story, and then the doctor has to give a speech, which mm-hmm. it's like because she, um, she's obviously she's not talking to her companions any longer. Oh she's no, giving a speech to us, which then cuts again, coming back to the direction, but then cuts really clunkily to that shot of a a drag and. It, it it's 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 also it doesn't it doesn't even fit in the in the Doctor Hugh continuity because suddenly suddenly she's like you know okay I'm not hmm. no I'm probably not <laughs> going to pretend there is any Doctor Hugh who continuity about there is a bit time 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 cannot be rewritten not one single second um, this is this is obviously a very specifically unfixed point in time that must be it. It's a, it's, a, it's a special unfixed point in time. It's got a bit loose. You know, we've, we've talked about the, in, in a past sidecar years ago, we talked about the fixed point in time and, and the, the Aztecs and not one line can be rewritten and, or, or the, no, Vesuvius has to go off and all these people have to die because it's a fixed point in time. The doctor has to be shot because that's a fixed point in time. Yep, all of those yep. things, what makes them fixed point in times? And, and if you have a fixed point in time that's in, say, 95th century earth does that mean that nothing can change prior to that fixed point in time because it's a fixed point in time and and we well, have no, seen the thing about fixed points in time seems to be that you can engineer things to make them happen if other things have thrown them off course so as long as, as long that... as the events coalesce to result in whatever it is that is the fixed point that's okay but the the broader history of the human race in doctor who which has had its has had its changes there's no doubts about it but but generally speaking we know that the earth grows up it colonizes the stars there are solar flares the planet is destroyed the planet is repopulated the the colonies come back you know and humans are there at the end of existence at utopia i thought they and, i thought they I thought they left Earth again to go to New Earth. And they left Earth to go to New Earth as well, right? Is, is, it, is, it, Earth in, is it Earth in Utopia? Is it Old Earth in Utopia? I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a darn good question, but it is Earth in um, uh, whatever the second episode of Christopher Eccleston. New Earth. Uh, no, um, New, no, not sorry. No, the, that, end of, no. the end of the end of some, the end of the world. The end of the world? The end of the world. The end of the yeah, world. that was it. Yes. The end of the world. Yes. Um, none of that involved the Earth being destroyed and left by greedy capitalists, um, a la Ben Elton's Stark uh, story uh, from from all those years ago. I, no. I was distinctly reminded of this. But, but the, there's room, given and, that the Earth gets re repopulated 
um, after the solar flares or whatever, there, there is room in, in Earth's history for it to maybe get um, toxified and then, as is evident from the plot of this episode, that it could be re-terraformed and repopulated before it gets destroyed in the end of the world. There is a gap in there for how it to happen. F- if it weren't for the speech How far the in the future saying, is this that this happened? Well, this is the thing. The speech at the end is saying the problem is, the thing that leads to this is your politicians right now not doing anything about it. I mean, the thing is, the thing is, right. And we're not disagreeing with anthropogenic global warming here. (laughs) We are absolutely not. Nor am I saying it shouldn't be part of the story. I'm quite happy for the story to tell the tale of what happens when what might happen? A, That's right. A, a, a race is is as as careless and as um, greedy, cavalier with the the resources and and uh, generally just as as dreadful as we all are. Um, what bugs me is that a speech like that at the end, beating you about the head with it, it does it does nothing for you or I who are already very much in sympathy with the central message because if we had been enjoying the story before we wouldn't really be enjoying the lecture i don't think it does anything for those who are set against the idea you know have a religious conviction that global warming is a myth being perpetrated by an equally shady elite who just want to well i don't know but anyway yeah and the 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 kind of the floating voters in between, the probably vast majority of agnostics, they're not going to be swayed by the speech either. They're going to no. be much more receptive to what's being told in the storyline. That's going to stay with them. That's perhaps going to be at the back of their minds when they hear people talking about global warming in the news or whatever. But we don't need it right there at the end of the episode. No, no. And if you you can give an episode, you can even have a uh, ham-fisted message if you can deliver it in a way that the that the watcher comes to it even if you're guided to it and i'll give an example and i've probably given this example before uh, a lot of times in talking about star trek sometimes they'll say this is the bonk bonk on the head moment because a lot of episodes about star trek were addressing issues there's an episode i don't like i never liked it as a kid i just it was boring. It wasn't interesting. Uh, it's called Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. I think, I'm sure we've talked about this, maybe with not necessarily with you, but maybe with Ben or in the past. But uh, there are two aliens that encounter the crew of the Enterprise, and they have the dumbest makeup you've ever seen. They're two white guys. <laughs> uh, one of them is painted absolutely positively pale, pasty white, mime white on the left, and shoe black on the right with a line right down I mean it goes right down the center of the body so completely left white black and white pantomime black and white not like human black and white but like comedy black and white so bad that you look at the makeup and you can see the cake on their face I mean it's it's bad and then another one comes along and the two of them hate each other and they're all talking about, oh, his kind are evil and they destroy things and I'm just for law and order. And, and you just you listen to these guys and you think, God, this, this sounds a lot like political discourse between the cops and the hippies or whatever. And then suddenly when one of them says, well, his kind and, and they go, what do you mean his kind? 
you're both the same. He goes, what are you, blind? I am white on the right side. He is black on the right side. We're nothing alike. And you're just like, oh, that is, that is incredibly ham-fisted. But, but in retrospect, you're watching the episode and you never got a hint of it until that moment. You just never noticed it. And suddenly it's like, oh, see, this is such a stupid difference. Gosh, racial inequality is a terrible thing. And we shouldn't be judging people based on the color of their skin. I mean, but it, it actually, in a way, as I get to be older and I watch that episode, it kind of works because it slips up on you. The stupidity yes. of it slips up on you. It has, and this it has, one, it has it a doesn't. dramatic purpose within the story. I think, yeah, and, is the, is the this key one, thing. I would, I would also point at the Zygon inversion slash invasion and the speech in that. Yeah, yes, yes. There's a, there's a strong speech, but at least it works because it's needed in the story. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the, I, I, my notes are in a terrible order, so I'm just going to kind of plunk them fast here and, and try not to make this a three-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> this is Orphan 55. Yes. Does that mean that... That we went on, colonized other planets, uh, expanded into the stars, destroyed 54 planets before they finally got around to wiping out Earth. That does rather suggest that it is sometime in the future, actually. <laughs> so that was one. And and like I said, it, it reminds me of the film, or the, not the film because I've never seen it, but the, the book Stark by Ben Elton, where the rich people are secretly building a base on the moon because they know the earth is done for ecologically. Yeah, and so yeah. rather than try to fix it, they spend their money to get away. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it is very similar. It's, it's, uh, the, it's not a film. It's a TV series. It has John Neville in it. Oh, oh okay. Okay, I haven't but seen that, but I've read the book. I've got the book. Hold of. Um, the dregs. The dregs. Name's a bit the on the point, isn't it? I mean it? the dregs, yes, sorry. Um, the dregs of humanity. Um, what? Are they mutated humans or are they the evolved descendants of humans? They're the evolved descendants of humans. I'm sure that the doctor refers to, I don't quite know how she works it out, but they're having to generations, have generations which does make you wonder okay. how they procreate because they're not wearing any clothes and they don't appear to have the right equipment. And you wonder how they eat because there's nothing they're to eat. the apex predator and there are thousands of them out there and that's not the way apex predators work i i want to say it's something like a ratio of one to a hundred predators to prey animals hmm. so either it's a thriving planet or it's not and are they intelligent well this is this is the problem you you mentioned the the ethics of murdering them all and this is the problem with having the doctor read read their minds mm -hmm. because clearly the fact that they are generations away from the memories they have in their mind must mean that they have some way of yes reading about their culture passing on the stories um understanding that information and therefore they must be capable of of, of civilization and, and redemption and yet all that anyone does in this episode is try to kill them mm -hmm. and they're clearly better than humans because they're stronger and they can adapt and you know so you'd think they would start building rocket ships and go after the capitalists that abandoned them um but I, yeah i couldn't 
get my head around exactly what I was supposed to think. Because the doctor does make that bargain with a dreg to swap places in the cage. But at the same Again, time, the way the doctor says it, yeah, but the way the doctor says it, says, I hope he understands what I'm saying. Okay, so is he intelligent or are you just hoping he's intuiting that I, I don't know. I don't know. If only she um, could have suggested that uh, he makes some sort of reaction. I don't know. Perhaps oh, there's a thought. agitating his head or... up and down. If he, if in in some yes. kind of signal of affirmation, if if he understands. Yes, there we go. They could they could have tried something like that. Um, and also, it, it's just one of those things. I mean, could could a creature adapt an evolved creature, a highly evolved creature? Let's let's. I'm not talking about a bacteria, but something switch from oxygen to CO2. Yeah. Life cycle. That, that seems that seems like, if not, I won't say impossible, because quite a lot of amazing things can be done with evolution. But it would seem like that would take a really, really, really long time. Between it breathing oxygen on the doctor and the doctor reading its its thoughts, it did occur to me that it might be an evolved tree, which they said it was an quite tree. Yeah, I would have quite liked, but um, I'm not sure that trees evolving lungs and teeth would be any more plausible than humans evolving the ability the forest to of, breathe in CO2. The forest of Cheem in the end well, of the world. Indeed. Indeed, yes. It it did. It reminded me of that very thing, although it seemed a little bit. Uh, I thought that's bit... where we were going. I really did. I thought that's oh, where we were going. Yeah. The point when the doctor said they're like angry tree uh, because we had seen trees on the surface. Yes, as well, which made no sense. Um, but I guess they just couldn't yes. find a filming location without trees completely. Um, yeah, that was my it, assumption. It, so I thought that was going to be mankind's gone and dead and the trees now are mad okay fair enough fair enough they have right to be mad so <laughs> i would if i if i was a tree and some humans had done that to me i'd be trying to eat them i would or, yeah absolutely you know, absolutely you gotta get your nutrients revenge. somewhere what yeah yeah uh i just want to point out that there are two sets of characters in here we haven't talked about bella and kane yet uh that the child has been wronged by the parent and gets really busy about it and that the story you like so much and what i recall not liking so much they take you away also bad at time was about a parent who was an absolute monster to his child yeah seems to be a bit of a theme here um which is and 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 (laughs) this this i i have i have to say the the writing in this it did not thrill me in the way that they take you away did i I've kind of slated the direction where you were criticizing the writer, but that doesn't mean that all of the writing is exemplary. I mean, there were some good lines, but I, I have to say I particularly liked when uh, Kane, <laughs> Kane told the doctor she couldn't make an ionic barrier out of from scratch. She said, if I had crayons and half a can of spam, I could build you from scratch, which is now my new favorite insult. Just need an opportunity to use that one. <laughs> I, I will say that, uh, skipping ahead here in my notes, that Ed Heim has, although I did not, as I recall, in retrospect, I don't like They Take You Away. As I recall at the time, it was half-assed, uh, and and I was more offended by the parent. 
and that I didn't like it. But but you know, looking back on it, it's like, yeah, no, I didn't like that one. And I probably will look back on this one and go, yeah, you know, yeah, not not particularly very good here. But if nothing else, Ed Heim is my hero from this point on because you talk too much has got to be the most important thing anyone has ever said to the doctor since David Tennant. Yes. Because that's when it started and it's just gotten worse and it's not getting better. And doggone, take that to heart, doctor. Stop yep. babbling. No, that was, the doctor talking the doctor about survival was on my short list of, of things that I really did love about this episode, along with the, the Hopper virus and the... the um, oh, please. You, you hop, liked the Hopper virus. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, I like the Hopper virus. I like the Hopper virus as a as a comic gag at the beginning. I wasn't quite so taken with the idea that it happened to be what you need to get Cerulean four from Cerulean three. I, I, yeah, nah. I, I, I also really like the Siberian underground station sign for Marble Arch. Yeah, yeah. I, I. So me on the the virus, I would not have a problem with the concept of the virus i would not even have a problem with a concept of a virus that far enough in the future could make the jump between machine and biological machine i could tick off the box and say all right fine i can accept that one the here i'm going to tug your ear sneeze in a bag suck your thumb and run around and remember that those bats are hallucinatory no just no um comic relief for two-year-olds and and maybe yeah that's why i like three-year-olds it. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's like the doctor shaking the radiation out of his converse or um didn't like that or, or the business <laughs> with the, the chocolate in the unicorn and the wasp uh oh yeah no no didn't really like that one either uh i you know i i'm not really crazy about the doctor's the the respiratory bypass system which should have saved the doctor which makes no sense either because the doctor can survive without air for a lot longer than we can. That's been Ooh, yeah. firmly established. I'd forgotten that. Except yeah. I never understood how respiratory bypass system works. Well, you, um, breathe through something else. Through... Uh, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but yeah, the doctor is the last person that should have run out of oxygen, <laughs> even talking too much. They should have been fine. Still worth it for the talking talking yourself out of it gag. Yes. Yes. That I will I will good. Um let's see. I can skip the teleport problems with them getting in and out of the TARDIS. Um obviously part of the part of the lazy lazy writing. I mean, for crying out loud, Benny's like, I'm pulling out the ring, I'm gonna show you no, I'm putting the ring away. It's like, wow. I've never seen anyone who's been painted with your dead better than that ever. <laughs> And Vilma deserved to die. Yeah. She she definitely, you gotta go sounds, after my Benny. Sounds I mean, harsh, but yeah. it does. Probably but earlier. She, you know, the fact that she couldn't work cotton on to the fact that he's dead. I mean, he may be alive, but he's dead. There There is no getting out of that. And, and there's there's a scene. Also, she's just a bit annoying. There's, there's a, yeah, there's a scene <laughs> where she. You know, she Vilma wants to take it. The doctor is like, "No, Kane, you have to take it. We got to, we got to do this thing." And Kane's like, mm -hmm. and driving along, and then the doctor is babbling 
uh, and about her theories. And she finally realizes that this is that they're heading into a nest or something. Not it wasn't a nest, but they're heading into their their territory. And suddenly the doctor sounds like she's frightened, like it's a bad idea. Like and and you're just driving into it. I'm like, Kane is driving into it because you and Vilma forced her to drive into it. Now suddenly you think it's a bad idea? It I the way it was played, like I don't I don't get what the doctor is trying I don't get what the doctor is no. trying to say. Are, no. are you trying to say turn back? So that didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. <clears throat> There's a- it didn't. And and because I thought I thought um the Laura Fraser was very good as Kane in general. I mm-hmm. found her quite a sort of believable, believable character. But there's a conflict there in her motivation because mm-hmm. you want to know whether she believes what she says. So when she, when she, obviously she's running a, a cut price holiday resort um, in order to 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 try and raise the cash to terraform the planet, yada yada yada. And and what you know, that in itself is not a not a bad thing. The question is ah, whether she no. is compromising uh-huh. the the safety, and she she appears to believe that she's not. So there are, there are good qualities to her. She she is she is um, she's very clear. She's very uh, good at uh, instructing people. Be you know, to, explaining to them how to use the 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 oxygen thing. Saying yes, we're going to do this. No, we're not going to do this. And so when she says we're not going to go any further, you think, okay, she is actually looking out for the people that she is responsible for. And then you get that thing of Velma throws the the bracelet on the floor that is going to pay for all this terraforming or whatever. And I don't get what goes through her head at that point. I don't either. Because is I she, think is the she, doctor is, is she, still... Yeah. Go ahead. I don't, I, no, I, 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 I don't see what the doctor is thinking. I don't see what... I don't see why Kane makes the choice that she does at that point. Well, the doctor is still arguing in favor of we have to go save him because he's a person. We need to save the person. Vilma's doing it. Well, okay, then if, you know, take the money, you know, it's a twofer there. You're doing the right thing and you're making a fortune. So, but, you know, why did they take everybody in the van in the first place? I was just going to ask that because I wondered that all the way. And again, surely in the direction couldn't we get some kind of indication i wasn't even clear when they all went in the van that that was everyone who was left in the hotel i rewatched it and it it is actually it is everyone in the hotel and it and it is there is the doctor says i'm going to go and assemble everyone so it's there but well there's there's nothing to signal to there's nothing to signal to us the significance of that and in particular, I still don't know why she said that. Why did she say, I'm going to go and assemble everyone? Why didn't they decide that they were going to, three of them, go out and rescue Benny? Because right. there's no Makes more sense. advantage to them all being there. Right. No, because apparently the base is safe again. So it, it's, <clears throat> yeah, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. And also, to your direction point, there is a scene where we're watching the display where all the life forms are being killed yeah right the numbers going down do the math because in the next shot we see that many people on the teleport pad just before the screen goes out 
Like, oh wait, my God. if you if add not, those people... Me, no one was paying any attention to the details of what we're actually seeing as an audience. Yeah. So you add those people up, and then you take those people plus the Doctor and Kane and Vorm and, and Ryan and Kaz and whatnot, and you go, there's more people here than are alive in the base right now. But okay. Um, <clears throat> that was careless. That was just careless. But yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, take away the dregs. <laughs> take away the dregs. Uh, is is uh, Kane's plan a bad idea? Is it is it a bad idea to have a vacation place on a dead planet if it were truly a dead planet? If it was a safe no. and and terraforming. That's it what, seems that's what like... I'm saying. the the bad The bad thing is doing it in a way that's unsafe, and so that's why that's why it matters whether she believes that what she is doing is actually compromising everyone's health and safety to make a quick buck, or whether she is genuinely convinced that she's taken every possible precaution and that this is a, a legitimate enterprise. And another problem that I have with the performances, and it's Jodie Whittaker's performance, is when she realizes that, she says something to the effect of, oh, you take the money, you roll the profit, you turn it into, you terraform the planet, and you make a nice, tidy profit. I can't tell if she's criticizing her or she's admiring her. Hmm. For the, I got the that sense. statement. I got the sense that it was supposed to be a criticism, but I didn't understand why it was a criticism. Right, the words because, were not a criticism. Exactly, <laughs> they, they were like, exactly. "Good move." Wow, you you know, okay, fine. You you make habitable place, and then you you okay, so you get paid for that. All right. So I, it's, it's like unless it's you're like just the, absolutely anti-capitalist and say you can't make money for anything, which maybe the doctor is. Uh, yeah maybe maybe the, maybe the writer is but i don't i don't i mean there's obviously there is a there is a political message and it's not unconnected with um capitalism in here but it that that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an all-out condemnation of capitalism there's a lazy reading of it by the director maybe that every line should be delivered as a as a critique so but i, I don't know <laughs> If we if we're talking about performances, I want I want to talk about the fam. Okay. I, I mean, just on Yaz and Ryan, I'm going to accept that there is something going on there. Although it seems to uh-huh. me more uh-huh. like Yaz is into Ryan yep. than the other way around, or maybe that's deliberately meant to be different this week. But given that we don't really know what the director's intending, I'll put that one on hold. Um, yep. The thing that's worrying me a bit is that Graham is turning into a caricature of himself. I kind of thought in Spyfall he he was he was it, it, Bradley Walsh was in variety performance mode, and I kind of it's the bank holiday special, all right. I mean, I wasn't that excited about his soft shoe shuffle stuff, but fair enough, he's showing what he can do. But in this, it's all get in, come on, Graham, Graham, son, and caught blimey right yeah. on me nut. Feel the lump on me bonds. Yeah. I, I I didn't get that last year. Last year, Graham was an actual character and Bradley Walsh was acting. He was doing dramatic acting. And and I found I found his performances right from the opening in The Woman Who Fell to Earth actually quite moving. And also in in They Take You Away. So I don't I mm-hmm. don't know what's going on here. We know he's capable of better than this, but either he's being written material that just doesn't give him anything or he's being directed in a very superficial way, but it 
he was one of my favourite characters in the team. And my enthusiasm for the fam has just sort of dribbled away because there's no, there's nothing going on anymore. There's nothing to them at all. Yeah, they're just well, they're there just has there. been, but but last year it felt like there was. I mean, as we've talked about the, the the development Ryan got, we've talked about the fact that Yaz maybe didn't, even though you know we we like the character and we like the performance. And I I thought the 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 kind of whole Graham storyline and the Bradley Walsh powerhouse performance in it was fantastic so i i want to see more of that but if they're just going to tread water it's not going to satisfy me in the same way hmm. i mean i i i get where you're coming from and i didn't think that there really was much going on with those characters they were just kind of there all of them in this brian got maybe the lion's share and even there i didn't understand what he was doing um i would frankly prefer to see graham doing his you know oh i gotta get my speedos and and all the the stupid lines like that which are basically bad dad jokes uh than tugging ears and vomiting viruses in plastic bags but uh you know choose your humor <laughs> where you get it but i agree it does i don't seem object to, to the be, humor per se terrifying if that's him. all there is to him yeah yeah so what about, um, we can talk about Ryan and Bella. Obviously, Bella is nuts. Um, <clears throat> Bella didn't convince me. The, motiva the motivation there, I mean, you say she's disproportionate to being abandoned by her mum. I kind of think, well, actually, I don't know. I mean, being abandoned by your mum, you're going to have quite a a response to that. The the thing is, she she's obviously the way in which she is reacting to that is the action of someone who is deeply, deeply unstable. And yet, uh, that would make uh, that would be a definition of disproportionate, wouldn't it? Uh, the, reaction would be dis the reaction response. is disproportionate. Yes, you that's said what I meant. She was disproportionately upset. I think she's justified well, in being upset. She's just not justified in how she acts on it. But also, right, when you that, when that you are not upset. Can you, imply. can you behave in a way that is as functional and as stable as she does when she is deceiving everyone at the start? That she didn't, she didn't take enough precautions to keep herself from getting her own virus. But uh, yeah, yeah, I... Yeah. Or, or and, that and in then, itself is a deception, which is, which is part of the whole premeditated thing, which just doesn't, doesn't chime with the kind of uncontrolled rage that she's supposed to be feeling when she's talking about not just showing that, everything really, to the yeah. ground yeah i i and then when ryan goes with her he yes he makes that one half-hearted attempt to go for the gun but that that just wouldn't have been any problem stopping her well I don't you've got think. to show it you've got to show how he's having a problem stopping her so you've got to right. direct her well but them in a way that I mean, clearly she doesn't have the gun on him all the time. Yeah, well, but she could have if if the, if there was more if there was more power to her character. If it, you know, if the performance indicated that, and and we saw every second that not not just that the gun was pointing at least in his general direction, but that her her trigger finger was that twitchy, he wouldn't go. Or near that her. she had that much of a hold on Ryan. That he was that he was in some way enamored of her in such a way that maybe he's 
you know, taking up to the wrong side of the equation here, but he makes, he makes no little or no verbal argument that this is wrong, that this, this is not what I expect from a companion of the doctor. I expect them to, to at least put up the, the fight that if, if not the physical well, fight, some. then at least the verbal fight a little, yeah, very little. He, and she's like, well, you're either with me or us be all right, fine, whatever. <clears throat> I guess, you know, I, I, it just, but I agree. It's not when the clear, gun was on the floor, what he is thinking when he isn't acting to stop her. And as you say, right. it could be because he is, he is taken with her because obviously that's, you know, that's part of the storyline. So is that, the reason why he lets her carry on like she does, or is it because he is frightened for his own sake? I do not know. I, I couldn't make sense. And I, I mean, and maybe this is direction. Maybe we can come back and we can pick on the direction, but the scene where he does sort of try to go for the gun, she is working in the computer. She has set the gun down on the floor next to Ryan's feet. And Ryan telegraphs looking at the gun and then sort of bending a little bit towards it, and then she just, like, quickly stops him from doing it. I'm thinking that the way that's positioned, Ryan putting a foot on that gun and pushing her would have solved that problem, right? I mean, it, it, it's just yeah, no, it's literally I, so I, absurd the way that that scene plays out. It looks like Ryan is like, yeah, I'm just doing this to be kind of, you know, like to pretend like I'm trying to, you know, I should probably that doesn't make sense. Uh, stop that it, doesn't it, make sense. No, Who's it doesn't he pretending to. I know <laughs> exactly. It doesn't make any sense. But if, so if again, later it, it, it turns out, it's basic stuff. We want to know what the characters' motivations are, and it's not clear to us. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's and it is to do. It is to do with. It is to do with the way it is staged and the way it, the way it's shot. I mean, uh, it couldn't be more basic. And and so just to keep with the Bella is a disproportionate response. Let's call it that then. Disproportionate response to her hurt. That's what I was going for. Not that okay, she's okay. truly I'm... upset. I when I said that I I was thinking in terms of the actions of her upset were disproportionate to. I agree. Killing everyone the, is, the, her... is is disproportionate. Yeah. Although I think she said she was trying not to kill everyone. Well, I think she yes. said that, but I don't know if that's that's true. Uh, Silas. Dad, you got to have a pass key to work on it. Listen, I'm doing my work here. You never listen to me. And I'm now going to run out where the dregs are and lock you guys in. Am I really supposed to believe that kid's that stupid? Upset. Duh. Comes out of nothing. Comes out of nothing. Yeah. Because all the, all the rest of it, he's given a performance that indicates that he, he, knows, he knows more than his dad acknowledges that he knows. But he's kind of like... You know, mm-hmm. dad, you know, yeah, he'll, dad, he'll, right. he'll correct him. He'll, but he doesn't, he doesn't seem to, to mind about it until that critical moment when it actually has a consequence. And then he, yeah. And then he does what shouldn't be done. So, uh, the last thing I have on my list is, it's a trivial point, but I'm just going to bring it out anyway. Um, Russian subway. I can buy that. I mean, I, I can buy them getting into the tunnels and finding a Russian subway sign and going, Oh, this is Earth. I can it's maybe Marble it's because Arch. of Ravelox. Yeah, it's Marble Arch. Maybe I can, you know. Okay, I it, it's it's stolen right out of Planet of the Apes or beneath the Planet yes. of the Apes. It was Earth. The Made in China vending machine does not make any sense. Are they trying to say that either 
Kane found a vending machine on the ruins of the planet and refurbished it to be a vending machine at her vacation spa. Excellent. Or that that things that were made in China were taken off world or that they built a new China somewhere and they're still making cheap stuff in it. I, no, because Yaz, Yaz says it's like, been there all the time. But it, you're she does right. say it's that, not, but Yaz doesn't know a, that. It's not a hotel that's been preserved in a dome while the rest nope. of the planet devolves. It's a hotel that has been built in a dome that is protect, to protect it from everything else on the planet. The hotel is a new hotel. Why would they have a vending machine that they found outside in the rubble? Half assed. That's, that's, yeah. that's what it is. So it's finding lazy. something in the tunnel, fine. Finding, yeah. Also, would it say made in China in English, not Siberian? Good point. Good point. That's only just occurred to me, but if we're picking. Yeah, I, I, yeah, there's all level of, yeah, all level of things. All right. I, I don't, I don't see anything else on my list of miscellaneous stuff. Um, I kind of actually like the idea of the fakeation. You mean you want to go on one? Because I'm pretty sure, sure they're basically center parks, aren't they? Do, 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 do you have those is. in Arizona? Uh, no. What, d- describe what it is. I've never heard the term. It's, well, I've never been to one, but my understanding is it's sort of holiday inside a dome, Every, you know, entirely sort of self-contained. Everything's in there. Swimming uh, the only dome we've got in Arizona is the Biosphere 2, and that's, that's you know. <laughs> Parkland. Hotel. I don't know. I, I don't yeah, know. No. I've, seen, I've seen brochures. I'm guessing. You know, if you... A lot of times what people do on vacations is they go to the spa and they stay there at the spa, even though it's at some beautiful exotic location and they don't actually go outside the hotel. In fact, the hotels are designed to keep you there to spend more money, even in the all-inclusive ones. They they still have their way of of doing that. Yeah, it's just, I'm like, well, it's not a bad idea, but they're kind of treating it like it is in the story. Like it's like it's putting it, it on this it's, planet it's, maybe ridiculous. It's perhaps a but... kind of holiday snobbery kind of could be. Like whether you're whether you're a proper traveller or whether you're just a tourist or you know, whether, you, <laughs> whether you're whether you're visiting the real orphan fifty five and whether you're just going to the tourist spots. Yes. That could be. That could be. I mean I was thinking more likely it would be them just putting on VR glasses and having their vacation there but uh yeah do you have anything further no no gosh no i'm i'm (laughs) I'm very much done with this episode so nicholas tesla next week yeah i know oh my hopes there better be a death ray pinned on this now because i was thinking by this time last series we'd we'd had we but third episode was rosa i mean goodness me the contrast could not be greater so yeah um and and you'll you'll be pleased to see from the traders that uh, there are going to be american accents by yes and, British and people. giant scorpions or spiders or something yeah yes I, I i don't know how you rated robert glenister's accent from that um clip but of course there's always the possibility especially since i think of him more as the guy from hustle than the guy from caves of androzani that uh, it's all part of some con and he's actually putting the accent on. So we shall see. We shall see. I just, I expect a Nicholas Tesla death ray. If they do not work the Nicholas Tesla death ray into this, I will be severely disappointed in this story. I'm just saying that now. 
Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time for Nicholas Tesla and the Death Ray. (laughs) Fusion Patrol. (laughs) You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at fusionpatrol.com. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. A center park. I'm going to yes, write that it might down. Might be and look with a C. Up. How else would center be spelled? Uh, park with a C. Oh, center park also with a C. <laughs> like, center with a C. Just, well, all right. Sure right. British well, spelling is weird. S, I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's probably with an R E too, isn't it? <laughs> yes, center it's park. Obviously with an R E. Er, park. Park. <laughs>